One of the key themes we believe will shape markets in 2021 is what we call COVID differentiation. Essentially what we're saying by this is that while the pandemic has been global, the response has been very much local. This has created an enormous amount of differentiation on a country by country basis and we think this will shape markets for months to come. To explore this topic, I'm joined by Max Lin, our emerging market strategist based in Asia. Asia you know, comes out unsurprisingly in this framework as a, as a clear winner. Um, it, it's had mostly uh, world-beating uh, management uh, of the virus pretty much from the, the very beginning. And, and you know, it still kind of strikes me that, that we, we get headlines in, in London about um, a couple dozen cases in, in countries as, as big as China, uh, as headline news when the U.S. is 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 registering almost two hundred thousand uh, cases per day, and and the key point here is that that management over time accrues significant growth dividends, and and we're seeing that in Asia. Asia's got uh, an enormous uh, amount of of growth momentum uh, at the moment, and that growth momentum is is heading into next year. If you took uh, I took the average of the the official and Caxon PMI numbers in China today, and 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 on average, the PMIs are at the highest level uh, in ten years. Um, and you know, I guess a, a near-term example of of uh, this COVID differentiator is is what we're calling the the, the pivot in in growth um, back toward Europe and and away from uh, the U.S. And if you look at the U.S. again from a COVID perspective. It's a country that's that's in a, a difficult moment once again. So third wave uh, of COVID, and, and just yesterday, the U.S. registered its its high its highest daily death rate uh, on on record. Um, and what we see is that you're starting to see some some lockdowns instituted state uh, by state, uh, and that means that the, the growth picture in the U.S. over uh, the next few months is 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 challenging. And so we we have a negative quarter. Uh, for for GDP in, in Q1. And if you look at Europe, Europe looks to be coming out of its second wave. And our, our, our European team did an excellent job of signaling this uh, three to four weeks ago. And so we've just had the, the flash PMIs for November uh, in, in Europe, and, and, and they were weak, uh, unsurprisingly weak, driven by services. But our expectation is that is probably uh, the, the bottom. And, and uh, no surprise to us. We've talked about this in recent weeks that this this change in in COVID um, trends between U.S. and and Europe uh, could well trigger uh, some more upside in in euro dollar, and that's that's precisely what we're seeing. So euro dollar was uh, dead quiet for for three or four months as as Europe was going through that uh, second wave. As it comes out and things start to look more problematic in the U.S., uh, euro dollar is now hitting mm-hmm. new. Uh, cycle highs. So, so really interesting uh, way of of thinking about uh, COVID as a differentiator that that helps us shape a, a lot of currency views. I think Asia is a winner in the COVID situation that we're currently in, and even when the world emerges from that, I think Asia will still be a, a winner from an export perspective. And uh, I think the export perspective is important because uh, Jim already discussed that uh, you do have economic scarring and sort of the legacy of COVID in the U.S. I do note that, however, that one uh, sector within the U.S. that has been resilient to the scarring has been the big tech companies in the U.S. So the market narrative is that even though the pandemic resulted in lots of businesses across the U.S. and Europe suffering, 
the big tech firms, if anything, have become more entrenched because their business model tended to dominate during lockdowns. And that, of course, is reliant on their very strong data analytics capabilities. So even after U.S. services bounce back and U.S. retail does bounce back, I do think that uh, these companies will still maintain their dominance and they will continue to build out uh, their data centers to maintain that dominance. And again, that's positive for Asia because as you build out your data center, you're going to need to import more microprocessors made in Taiwan. You're going to have to import more uh, Korean memory chips. You're going to have to import more printed circuit boards that are assembled in China. So overall, that export uh, demand for Asian goods will still persist even in a post-vaccine world. And I focus a lot on exports because historically, the market has basically viewed uh, Asian currencies more or less as being kept weak by their central banks in order to boost the export story in Asia. Um, in places like Korea and China, I think that historical market view is now a bit obsolete. Uh, the Bank of Korea really hasn't uh, been accumulating reserves since 2014, and uh, the People's Bank of China has not really accumulated reserves since 2017. So for Korea in particular, I think that overall it's basically a market-driven currency. And as uh, there continues to be demand for Korean electronics goods, again, that will lead to global demand for Korean won, which will lead to appreciation in the won versus the U.S. dollar. Now, China, of course, is a little bit different. Uh, it's not completely a free-floating currency, uh, but it is becoming increasingly more of a market-driven currency. So last year, the PBOC did step in uh, to limit the yuan weakness amid U.S. escalation during the trade war. They didn't want the market to push the yuan too weak, but they haven't done the same thing when the yuan has been strengthening in 2020. So that tells me that in the short term, they're actually quite okay with the yuan getting stronger. If you think about the longer term policy, and if you think about things like dual circulation and made in China 2025, it does show that China wants to build up its domestic supply chains in the high tech space, and that they are focusing on the high value added manufacturing side of their manufacturing dominance. So that means that, in my view, that they're going to be less reliant on keeping the yuan artificially weak, just to boost exports, because high value manufacturing, of course, uh, those goods don't really need to compete on price. And I think you're already starting to see that. That's why uh, China is basically allowing that you want to appreciate this year. Um, so if we go to Taiwan, Taiwan, again, is a little bit different uh, than these other currencies because we all know that the Central Bank of Taiwan is still quite interventionist uh, in its uh, accumulation of reserves. It's basically a one-way intervener in terms of the way it builds out and manages its reserve portfolio. But even in Taiwan, you're still seeing a lot, of, a lot more tolerance for currency strength. So today we had dollar Taiwan break through 28.5. Uh, that's a new low that we haven't seen since 1997. And I think that trend appreciation will continue because even though uh, the Taiwan dollar is approaching multi-decade highs, you're not going to see a lot of complaints from Taiwanese exporters because half of Taiwan's exports uh, annually are technology goods. And if you look at the categories, these goods are actually growing 20% year on year, very, very strong growth. So as long as their revenue is growing, they're not going to be so... Um, I guess, uh, troubled by the fact that the currency is getting stronger. And that the central bank understands that, and the central bank basically will tolerate that currency strength. So in summary, my overall view on these North Asian currencies is because the export outlook is strong, all the central banks are basically going to continue to tolerate the market pushing their currency stronger. So I still like these currencies to strengthen and continue the mo uh, momentum in 2021. I hope you enjoyed this episode of On Point. Please do subscribe to our channel to get future episodes and like it, as this will help others to find it as well. We also encourage you to follow us on social media to get all our latest content. Speak to you again soon.